Hi, I'm Leslie Adamas, and welcome to Race Forward, a weekly podcast on God and race relations. This is a progressive, faith-filled conversation that will anger you, encourage you, and equip you. Thanks again for joining us today. You picked a great day to listen in. Here is my friend and the host of Race Forward, Pastor Chuck Allen. Hi, everybody, and thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Race Forward, God and Race Relations. And as always, I'm accompanied by my partner in crime, Karan Boston. Karan, how you doing today? Great, man. How you doing, bro? Man, I'm telling you, it has this world seems like it is filled with chaos, and yet at the same time, uh, I, I did a funeral for a dear friend, and it puts everything in perspective when you— when you look at your own mortality, one of the things that's beautiful is you cannot escape your own mortality. And yeah. that, that's a little bit of a segue into today's topic. Today, we want to talk a lot about things like statues and flags. But before I get there, I want to ask a burning question of you, Karan. Is it okay for a guy to wear shorts in the wintertime? What? No. Man, you you know how many items Why? I would get a whooping for if I ran out of house with shorts in the winter? You gonna get sick? Uh, I don't know. I like I like wearing shorts twelve months a year. I really do. Man, y'all just like to show your knees. That's what it is. Hey, I got some pretty legs, bro. All right, let me ask you another one that I think is burning question Americans want to know, and that is, uh, do you think it's okay for you to just go walking outside with no shoes on, like in your bare feet? All right, let me say this. What region do you live in? <laughs> well, okay, that's true. When I was a kid growing up in Florida, I did all the time. But you know what? My walkway in the front of the house has these little pebbles, like little river rocks. Man, they hurt. I can't do it anymore. My Bottom of my feet, I need shoes, bro. Not just socks. I need shoes. Yeah, I, I need a little bit of everything down there. I know I can't. My feet will be burning. I'll yeah, probably get too. fussed out. But, but, dude, if you are in the country... You could you do what you want to do out there. Them folks do whatever they want to do. Well, I, that is good about the no shoes. But let's jump into something with a little bit of meat. Let's talk about uh, how we celebrate history, how we celebrate each other's differences, how we champion our diversity, and what does it look like when we start taking statues down and when we start spray painting and putting phrases up, and what does that mean to us in our history? What does it mean to our society? And what does it say to us in our present day chaos? Yeah, man. So what I think um, you might be referring to is specifically like, you know, Confederate flags and statues and, you know, the things that were taking place back there in the Civil War. Yeah, I think, you know, when I think about the Confederate flag, my first thought is, that's a no brainer. You get rid of that. I mean, mm-hmm. if if I'm a black person and I see the stars and bars, what I first remember about that is, wait a minute, you you in many ways were fighting to ensure that you could keep me a slave. So yeah. to me, like getting rid of a Confederate flag or getting rid of a Confederate monument, man, I, I'm totally in on that. I guess yeah. where I struggle with is like Christopher Columbus, you know, I mean, come on, bro. Yeah. Uh, when when we deface churches with spray paint, I think to myself, somewhere we lost what is such good about diversity, and we divide more because we're we're struggling with how how to get our head mm-hmm. and our hands around this in unity. So I guess what I'm trying yeah. to say is, in the spirit of the talk we had last week about Juneteenth, and in the spirit of ensuring that we don't honor what is uh, what is a genuine 
article about and with racism and and slavery, how do we make sure that we do this in a way that is honoring across the board? I, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Now, I, now, don't get me wrong. I wholeheartedly understand uh, the friction there uh, to be a you know a white a, a white person in society and feel like all of the things that you know you were taught to celebrate are crumbling before you. Um, but but here's where here's where I stand now. as a black man raised in the South. I have my own preconceived notions about the Confederacy, and I get that. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not gonna treat uh, treat it as if I cannot be. Uh, viewing something from the other side as well. But this is what I'll say. It don't matter what side I view it from. When I look at the Confederacy, when I look at Christopher Columbus, uh, and I look at all of the things that took place early in our nation's history, I don't look at something to, to champion. I think that when you put a statue of Christopher Columbus up in the household of a Native American that message, that symbol does not communicate something to them that we would want them to feel. If I love them, I wouldn't want them to be able have to have to revisit a time where their people were mistreated terribly. I mean, they were their land was stolen. They were pushed away from their resources. Uh, they were um, taken advantage of sexually. They were, you know, had it, all their belongings burn and things of that nature. Like, yeah, see, yes, for me, that- uh, for me, you just hit the nail with your head, which is just on point. I mean, the concept of like, for me, I, I didn't even think through that lens of if I'm a native American and Christopher Columbus, because remember white guy, everything I've learned about Christopher Columbus is like, wow, dude, you know, he sailed over here, did something great. But yeah. I think this is at the heart of what race forward God and race relations is about. When yeah. you just spoke about when you see it through somebody else's lens. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, I see a Confederate flag, and my first thought is, that's a redneck. That's my mm-hmm. first thought. When yeah. I see a Confederate battle statue, I think to myself, you know, we have moved past that. Mm-hmm. When I see a Christopher Columbus, I immediately don't think what you saw. But now that you have brought some education into my life— Mm-hmm. I can look at it and say, you're right. Just like last week, we, we're not erasing history. It can't be done, but we can correct some history. I think that's the yeah. heart of what you're saying. Yeah, the heart of what I'm saying is we can, yes, let our history be our history, but you don't want to champion the things that still currently hurt people. And so as a black man, I would imagine they uh, the way in which I see a Confederate monument is the way in which Christopher Columbus is seen in Native American homes, which is probably why it's easier for me to empathize with the fact that statues need not to be erected of people who harmed people. And yeah, so I guess, I guess the, what I want to make sure that I I, kind of regurgitate what I heard you say and make sure that I'm on the same, I'm on the same track with you, which is uh, I think when many of these statues were put in place, that uh, we have become a more progressive people. I mean, just the the human iteration of what life is is better today than it was. We're just mm-hmm. not there yet. But I, I think as the constant evolution of learning, understanding, and most importantly, empathy, when mm-hmm. that when I think when our empathy rises, and I have a willingness to let you say to me, you know, Chuck, 
when when Christopher Columbus comes down, you got to see it through the eyes of a Native American. When mm-hmm. uh, when you when you talk about Andrew Jackson, you know, or you think about Stonewall Jackson, or or you think about Robert E. Lee, yeah, you see it through the eyes of a black man. Well, for me, this is the the whole issue about our podcast, which is awareness should be more than mm-hmm. oh, I know. Awareness should move us to action. That Facts. says there's a right way to do this, and it Facts. starts with awareness. Yeah. But yeah, it can't like, stop there. Just just think about this, man. If you are um, an American in this country, and you are through and through love, love everything about America, and to the point where you are inviting other Americans into your home that don't look the same— Right. Because that's what part of what it means to be American is to be a melting pot of different cultures and different backgrounds and live as a united people under the umbrella of a United States. Right. But but if you so much so as to love the neighbors that you are sharing your home with and they come inside your house and all they see is rebel this and. You know, Columbus is the best man ever. Yeah, and, yeah I and see all, that. They see what they really, what the people that you're bringing into your home see is this person loves their nation more than they yeah. love me. And yeah. this person loves their nation, obviously, a little bit more than they love God. Because if you yeah. love God more than you love your nation, then you wouldn't champion the things that God yeah. despises, yeah. which is a lot of the things that were taking place during the foundations of this nation. You know, Karan, uh, I, this leads me to a confession that I'm embarrassed of, but I, I'll just openly admit it just to me and you, you know, and the couple thousand people listening. But um, when I was uh, when I was in my 30s, I had a great job and it had a great office. It was a beautiful office. I mean, mm-hmm. private bathroom in the office. I mean, it was like it was a big deal. And uh, I had just finished reading the book of Gods and Generals. And found myself a little bit uh, caught up with uh, Stonewall Jackson, Robert E. Lee, et cetera. And so I uh, I asked an assistant to decorate my office, and and I said, you know, these are the things that I think are really beautiful. And I, the, it was all over the office. I mean, it, it, it would look like when you came in, it was it was beautiful. It was tasteful. It was sweet. It was kind of old South, you know, whatever that mm-hmm. means. But then we had a guest in, come into my office who just happened to be an African-American man that's a good friend of mine, still a good friend of mine after all these years, just just a guy that looked around my office. And, I mean, he started tearing up. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that day. And uh, the very next day, we took everything out, and I totally redecorated because living that through his hurt, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, I would have never intentionally hurt that guy. Yeah, But the way he saw me, hurt him deeply. And I I don't know if that's applicable here, but that's a true story about my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think something that you're referring to uh, is the microaggressions there. It's Mm. just the small things that people don't realize that other people of color face when just being themselves in an environment that is not their environment. So that's funny. I I got on a, a string the other day that it was a school that, uh, you know, on the, on the day when uh, Black Lives Matter asked people to put a black square on their Instagram page. Yeah. So like Yeah, yeah. So, the, so this school did that. And then following that, there were like 700 comments on this, and none of them were positive. It mm. was like, how could you do that? 
after mm-hmm. what I experienced. And it was a it was an eye-opening thing to me because it kind of leads me to what our closing point is today. And I think you've got a challenge for us to how do we, kind of like my sad story of like pictures of Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson and the awareness that, wait a minute, I deeply hurt my friend. That caused me to say, wait a minute, I can't have that stuff in my life because I would never want to hurt him or anyone through that. Yeah. There's got to be a way in which all of us, black, white, Latino, Asian, whatever, there's got to be those elements probably in all of our lives that if we had a sincere and empathetic heart about people of different color than we are, what are those elements in our life we could remove? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And and for me, look, as a black man, I think about the uh, Black Panther Party of Self-Defense. Now, there's mm. a whole different episode we'll have to talk about that. But I know that when a white person in today's society sees anything related to the Black Panther Party, they think the black version of the KKK, which I was told and taught that that is actually untrue. And my way of viewing them is different than the way that a white person mm. would view them. But still... If Quran is going to love white people well, if Quran yeah, is going to yeah. love Hispanic people well, if he's going to love Asian people well, am I inviting them to my home where they see a symbol that yeah, re- that right. makes them feel apprehension towards right. me or towards themselves? And so, like, even as we all look at the symbols in our lives, and here's my challenge, evaluate the effects of these symbols in your own life. Number one, do they give you more pride or your nationality or your ethnicity right. than your pride in being a believer in Christ. And yeah. second, invite someone of a different ethnicity for coffee and just ask them about specific symbols. Yeah. Just listen I, to them. You know, I think, Karan, you know, we talked about this in our first episode and we're kind of back at it now. But the simplest action I believe we can take is recognize what are symbols that we have in our everyday life that could potentially uh, be viewed as a, a friend that is of a different race, different color. How how do we make sure that we are welcoming? I mean, the New Testament is clear that as believers that we're to be hospitable, but that word is more than just, hey, we come for dinner. It is we welcome you with open arms and we accept you as you are. And, you know, it's easy to preach about that in the church, but it's another thing to do that in your personal life. The second mm-hmm. thing I would say when I look at what, what I hear you saying and how we kind of move forward from this conversation is symbols, yes, personal actions, yes, and then thirdly, developing and asking God our creator to give us an empathy and understanding we don't presently have. Now, most mm-hmm. of us think about this politically, but I think this is a spiritual request. We go before God the Father, not because we want a party to win. We want our heart to be softened so that we can move forward in a better way. So mm-hmm. I want to thank you for the time today. And as we wrap up Race Forward, uh, just, just two quick thoughts to wrap up. And that is, whatever those symbols are in your life, eliminate them. Just get rid of them. The second thing is, make sure that you're having conversations with people that don't look like you, that didn't grow up like you, that are different than you, because the closer you get to people, the easier it is to love them and know them for all that they are. Karan, you got a last thought before we get gone today? No, man, I don't. I, I think we, we've hit on a lot of things today, and we got plenty of episodes coming. Uh, yeah. I, how about the next—I think we should really dive into— 
just the wars and the generals of, oh, of the of the United States history. And I think that as we even unpack that, we'll hit yeah. some more on why these symbols mean what they mean. So, you know what I can't yeah. wait to talk about when we talk about wars and generals? That in many ways, I think our, our mind goes to civil war. You know what my yeah. mind goes to? Vietnam. What? My oh, yeah. mind goes to Vietnam. When I think of the number of young men, oh, don't get me started. We'll tackle that <laughs> next week on Race Forward, God and Race Relations. From my dear friend, Karan Boston, I'm Chuck Allen, and I want to thank you for joining us. We'll see you back here again next week. God bless you. Go in peace. <laughs>